It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Hi everyone, welcome and hello again. I'm Craig White and this podcast show is proudly brought to you by Passion to Succeed. I'm absolutely buzzing for today's show. Joe, we've got a, a fabulous guy who's become a great friend of mine over the recent years and Dylan has been on the show with us before and, and, and I'm, I'm stoked to have him back on today because... Do you know what Dylan's going to talk to us about is, is about prosperity through passion, through purpose and through profit. Joe, you know, this guy really is on a mission to contribute. And I've got a question for you. What does living on purpose mean for you? What does giving value without need of compensation mean to you? What do you do because you love it from within? Look, guys, this guy, Dylan, has become... And I believe one of the most rounded people I know. He's an expert and professional personal development speaker. He's a full-time Forex trader, property investor, and a guy who is on a mission to create a community of high performers. What inspires me most is the work Dylan has done in Rwanda, where he is on a mission to invest £10 million over the next 10 years to fund young, innovative businesses. Do you know what? He's already started on that mission, and I find that really, really inspirational. So Dylan, welcome to today's show. It's absolutely great to have you on board. Joe, I want to get straight into the show. What what I want to talk about is, and I believe you very much have the blueprint for success. You know, you've contributed over the last few years. You've created a seven-figure business. And for a minute, I just want to talk about you. What what has enabled you to make all the difference? What has enabled you to start to achieve some of the success that you deserve, maybe you crave? What were the changes you make? And I'm aware that success isn't all about money, but what's enabled you to consistently make money? I always had a gut instinct that actually what allowed me to make money consistently was everything else that I'd got right in my life. So I'd optimized my life, you know, my mental, physical, spiritual, emotional pathways I had started really leading from the heart really coming from a place of service and I had just gotten a grip a real control over my money mechanics and all of that together then meant I could pick up any system I could look at a property system and make money from that I could jump onto the markets and make money from that I could get into digital marketing and make money from that. I could speak on stage and make money from that. And it's not that I was a genius at the techniques. It was just that I had the right state management and the right infrastructures and systems and blueprints in my life, which meant that the widget, the system itself, it really didn't matter. There weren't any confidence issues. There wasn't any fear other than the natural anxiety about learning a new system. There was an addiction to education and learning new things and there was a, a, an optimized life into which that could be slotted in. Um, and that's really where the, the whole Prosper model for limitless living came out of. And it says, look, most people will start with making money. And the, the, the thought process goes, if I make enough money to pay my bills, then I can 
figure out what I really love doing and do that because my bills have been dealt with. And once I'm doing what I love, then I can be happy. Yeah. But we've flipped that on its head and said, actually, what we've found through, you know, over a decade of, of my own application and over, you know, over 2,000, 2,500 students uh, in the last three years, but part of the Prosper trials and previous to that in the, the kind of the, the, the make money trading the markets business, um, I found that actually the people who focus on the front end, so let's get life in order first. Let's really simplify, systemize and scale life. So the mental pathway, the physical pathway, the spiritual pathway, those three pathways uh, I, I call kind of vital energy. If you've got your mental pathway in check and you're taking on new information, you're conscious of what new information and new messages you're taking in, you are applying the learning from kind of getting things wrong so you actually get the opportunity to turn bad judgment calls into good judgment calls by, by leveraging the experience that comes from them. If you move more, so you, you, you focus on your physical strength, you focus on your physical endurance, you focus on your physical flexibility, and then you add on to that a level of spiritual connectedness. So you just decode the world around you in a way that's conducive to success. That's kind of vital energy. And the, the, the supplement to that is your emotional pathway. So how do you live the laws of love? So in terms of optimizing life, if you can get your mental, physical, spiritual and emotional pathways really fine-tuned, they're your inner, you know, your inward-looking powers, then your outward-looking powers, so that's your vocational pathway, how you serve others, that's your financial pathway, what you do with the money that you make from serving others, your social pathway, how you develop inspiring networks, and your charitable pathway, how you sow seeds of prosperity for others. If you get your inward-looking pathways right, then your outward-looking pathways, they just sort themselves out. Yes, there's work to do. Yes, there's systems and blueprints to put in place to get them to work, but they're much easier. I think a lot of people focus on the outer powers, the outer pathways, before they focus on the inner powers and the inner pathways. Totally. I mean, one of the things I've noticed with with yourself, buddy, is since obviously we met at the gym, um, and for those of you that have listened to our previous podcast show, um, you know, we met at the gym and I think connected through that almost kindred um, affiliation. I think we were talking about Dr. Wayne Dyer at the time and yeah. I mean, I think we just got into a, a really great conversation. You've become, you know, a great friend of mine over the years, which is which is great and an inspiration in in many ways. Just listening to you now, um, you know, it's getting me thinking, me focusing on how to how to change, how to grow, how to become more in order to give more. And um, you know, I guess how we change is how we succeed. But one of the things um, that I've always noticed um, being in the same environment as yourself, often when we kind of bump into each other at the gym, is you have this like childlike wonder. Um, of kind of happiness and contribution to everybody. You know, in the gym, you're, you're, you're always friendly, you're always warm, you're always positive, but you also have this childlike wonder to listen and to grow. And I guess what you're saying is by getting your inside right is what's enabled you to contribute more on the outside. So how, how do you people know, kind of go down that route? How do, what would you try to guide people to, to really start to get their insides right? What's the key things that you do, you've done, 
you've maybe done in the past that you're reconnecting with? I know we were talking about tracking earlier um, off the off the call with regards to your swimming. So I guess there's lots of lots of points of focus there, really, and blueprints to get the inside right. There really is. And first of all, I'm just totally humbled and, and honoured by that. To be an inspiration to anybody is remarkable, let alone to to people that, you know, I, I've known for years and years. And, you know, like you say, we've just had this beautiful relationship ever since we were talking about diet and the power of intention and some of his other work. Um, so totally humbled and, and, and honoured by that kind of um, description of our relationship. And I'm, I'm absolutely with you there. And I think that the other thing that I, I, I smiled at when you said is this childlike uh, wonderment. And, and I call it kind of a, 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 an inquisitiveness, a curiosity, a, 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 a desire to actually find out more. And do you know where that comes from? That comes from looking back at a time in my life where... I never had it really bad. I mean, my parents came to the country as refugees and so on and so forth, but I never really felt that. We grew up in a, in a kind of a, you know, in a, in a, in a massive council estate in the late 70s. Um, but I never felt like the son of refugees. I never felt like we had the financial difficulties that my parents obviously had. So this is not a, a sob story. And I think there are many, many people probably listening to this who, who have it far harder than I ever had it. But I still managed to waste my time at school. Now I got good grades and, and I got my GCSEs and I got my A-levels. I did fail my first year at uni, but I still managed to come out with a 2-1 at the end of it. A lot of that was just being really petrified by having to go home to my mum and dad and tell them I failed. So there was a fear factor there, definitely. But I look back at that time and see a young boy who constantly and consistently lived life for his friends and, and, and more than that, approval from the people around him. And it was this this desire to get people's approval that really stopped me learning everything I could have learned in all those phenomenal years at school, phenomenal years at university. And, and I remember all through that time now looking back that I was just living for other people, Craig. I was living for kind of their approval. I was living for the significance that I got in certain situations, you know, spending money that I didn't have, um, not paying attention in class. And that then went on to kind of to university, to almost being the kind of the the big character on the outside, but being a very small, shy, lacking in confidence guy on the inside. There was just never any congruence between the inner me and the outer me. And because I was living for other people's approval, of course, I never really followed my heart in those days. And you know, I had a real desire to learn more about science, for example. Uh, but at secondary school, I went to a comprehensive school, massive comprehensive school. It was not the dumb thing to be into science. And so therefore, I kind of made it my mission to sabotage my success in science. And that didn't work because I still continued to, to kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say get bullied, although there was a bit of that. But it was more around when you're not congruent, people, people see that you're not congruent. Human beings resonate with congruence. So look, if you know that somebody is 
a bit of a moron and he himself knows he's a bit of a moron, you're probably likely to share a drink with him of a lunchtime or in the evening and have a laugh with him because it's totally congruent. But if you've got somebody that pretends to be something and they're not, because you can't read them, you don't really want to spend any time with them. It's not that, you know, he's a great guy or he's not a great guy. It's just that is he congruent or not? And we resonate with congruence. And actually, if you look at some of the big personalities at the moment in US and UK politics, it's interesting that the polls for kind of, I wouldn't necessarily like ability, but I'm going to use that word. The polls for likability actually show that we like the congruent guys better than we like the people who portray themselves to be good guys. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So congruence is what really drove me to saying, look, I, I, I want to live a life where I am the same on the outside as I am on the inside. And, and I remember there was a moment in time where I started learning in the sociology of organizations. So I did a module on the sociology of organizations. And in that module, we talked about front stage and backstage and how when you are at work, you play the front stage character in a theatre. And when you're at home, you play the backstage character in theatre. And this was all about understanding employees. So this would have been in the late 90s I was studying this. And I remember at that time thinking, why does there have to be a, a front stage and a backstage at all? And can you not turn around and just set light to the freaking curtain? <laughs> and so there is no front stage and backstage. And it took me another 10 years to, to really live that principle. But what changed for me was that desire to not waste any more time living life for somebody else. And I know that that's a real cliche. When people used to tell me, live for yourself, not for other people, I thought it was absolute nonsense. I didn't realize I was living for other people. Um, but it was a, a desire to say, I've got dreams, I've got ambitions, I've got intentions. There's things I really, really like. I'm looking back at the last 10 years feeling like there's a, they were slightly wasteful years and I think as people who are spiritually connected and, and you know we've studied personal development material I think we now look back at those years and, and see them very much as learning years and that's fine but at the time I didn't I was at rock bottom spiritually financially emotionally physically totally destroyed I tried to make money in, in jobs and on the markets and, and, and as a consultant that hadn't worked. I couldn't ever really keep hold of any of that money. You know, I was spending way more than I should have done. I was giving away more than I should have done, like this kind of guilt, guilt-ridden giving. I then gave all that up, went out to the United Nations or went out to Rwanda to volunteer for UNECA, which is the United Nations Economic Commission for Africa. And I volunteered my consulting services there, ended up giving every last penny away there, getting into more debt just to kind of, support individuals who I think needed more money than me. Anyway, that none of that worked because I came back totally penniless, had to hitch a ride, funnily enough, from, from Kigali back to Nairobi, which is a <laughs> track and a half, um, because all I had left was my plane ticket. And I was at that stage too proud to call my dad, who had left, we'd, we'd left on, on beautiful terms. I love my parents to pieces, but he did tell me, Dylan, you can't help the poor by being poor. I'm not telling you what to do, but, you know, just bear that in mind. So I was too proud to call him and say, Dad, you were right. Can you pay for my journey back home? I can't afford the internal flight. So I hitched a, a lift on one of the um, container lorries of a coffee plantation 
that I'd been helping out out there. And I just said, look, I, I need to get to Kenya. I need to get on a flight uh, back to London. I've got my return ticket from Nairobi Airport, but I haven't got any money at all to fly from Kigali to Nairobi. Um, and it was just that trip alone was fascinating. And, you know, we saw container lorries that had been looted, you know, on the back roads, on their side. And it was a pretty, I guess, a, a daunting trip, but a trip where I really got the opportunity to think about what I was doing wow. and why I was doing it and who was I doing it for. And I didn't have any of the tools and the systems and the blueprints then. But something said, you've got to stop living for other people. You've got to stop living for significance and excitement and start living for giving and growing in in, in parallel with each other. Giving and growing, they, they have this symbiotic relationship. You can't do one without the other, without the other. Um, and you have to start living love and, and be love. And I wasn't that articulate with myself, obviously, um, you know, being as low as I was, <laughs> that level of articulation just wasn't in my capacity then. You know, I was beating myself up and, you know, proclaiming how much time I'd wasted and so on and so forth. But I was definitely having a word with myself. <laughs> Mate, sounds like one, one hell of an adventure and an eye-opener, I guess. So, what, so, what, so what's at the heart of your, your success now? I mean, obviously, you know, fast forward into today, um, you know, you've created a, a lot of, you know, top value products that have obviously been distributed into the market that, you know, people have gained much from. I mean, I was speaking to a lady at the gym recently and, you know, I could just see in her whole mannerisms, her, her body language, even, even her, in her eyes, because the eyes never lie. And I know she's, you know, focused on one of your courses at the moment and, and enjoying it and it's uplifting her and it's almost her time of herself, like that hour of power she's given herself every day. An hour of power with Dylan, eh? <laughs> so <laughs> so what what is at the heart of your success now? Where, you know, where where we are today, and I know, you know, in the past we've kind of you know discussed sort of prosperity through passion, purpose and profit. I mean, where are you now? What what's what's your focus and, and how not necessarily how people can connect with you because we, we'll talk about that later, but how, you know, how can we influence people to, you know, I, I guess, delve into what's important to them and unleash, you know, that passion that I guess they have inside. So uh, Penny is a, is a great example of why I do what I do and also a great example of what anybody can do to kind of really turn their life around. So Penny's completing the Overwhelm to Overdrive program. It's one of our flagship audio programs. It's one of the audio programs that I am just blown away by. I just would never have thought even I had the capacity to create a program that has touched so many lives in, in, in such a deep way. And so in that sense, that's and it's such a cliche to say I live for the service, but I truly, truly do live for the service and the difference that our products make to people's lives. And when you see Penny and every single session she completes, it's like another breakthrough, another aha moment, another distinction on life. And and she she in her heart feels lighter. In her eyes, she's sparkling again. It's like she's found this kind of passion for life again not that she'd lost 
but that she maybe hadn't connected with for a while. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I do what I do. And that's at the very heart of everything I do. When I sit down to kind of maybe map out a, another quarter in our business or another decade in the business, and now we've just put together a hundred year plan for the business, you know, what is the impact of the Prosper School for Limitless Living in a hundred years? How is this, what we're doing today, going to be the ripple? Uh, uh, in a hundred years time. So whenever I sit down to create those plans, it's about saying, okay, how do we want to impact people's lives? How, how can I change an, an individual's life, life uh, and by doing so, have them be the ripple in the pond of their life? So in, in having Penny go through overwhelm to overdrive, how is she now the ripple in the pond for her family? And how are they going to be the ripples in the pond for their friends and family? And, you know, that's as true in, you know, we've got three streams of development, if you like, three laboratories of experimentation. One is kind of where we engineer consciousness. The other is where we engineer enterprise. And the third is where we engineer wealth. And when I create products in any of those kind of uh, uh, um, schools, if you like, in those laboratories, we're always thinking, how do we impact lives by what we're doing not just today but tomorrow and the next day and the next decade and so on so that's at the very heart you know I truly believe that service is the new selling I don't think we need to sell anything and and we haven't built this seven-figure education business in less than three years by selling we've built it through servicing and I use the royal we um, but of course now we've got the you know we've got the team of individuals and, and I've got a great kind of a, a, a great group of collaborators together. It's all come through service. So how, where does that even come from? How do you go from a place where you're absolutely distraught and you've got no money, I was £100,000 worth of debt, couldn't even afford to catch my flight back home? Um, you know, all that. How do you move from a place where you're that low to a place where you're just on cloud nine every single minute of every single day? You do it by falling in love with yourself and you do it by saying... I can't give what I don't have. Um, and so I've got to get strong in order to give strong. And how do I do that? Well, first of all, I have to accept where I'm starting from. And where I'm starting from is right here, right this minute. Just here is where I start from. I can't start from anywhere else. What's done is done. Um, and what's yet to be done is yet to be done. So I'm here in the present moment. My journey is a reflection of the decisions that I've made so far, and they're neither good nor bad, so I'm not going to view those decisions with any sense of judgment, but I am going to view them with a sense of asking myself the simple question, did they work for me or not? And that's it. Did those decisions work for me or did they not? So did living for the approval of other people, uh, whether it's my friends, whether it's my family, whether it's people I don't even know, Uh, did that work for me? No, it didn't. So what can I do differently? So it's this kind of reflection on life and on our life experience, but without any judgment. And that is ridiculously hard to do because we are all conditioned um, to either pat ourselves on the back or kick ourselves in the ass. And that's that's the reality. So we've got to stop doing either of those. It's not about congratulating ourselves on the great decisions and kicking our backsides for the bad, but it's saying, what are the decisions that brought me here? Did they work for me or did they not? And what can I do differently? 
And how can I love myself throughout that process? Because loving myself and filling myself up with love, living the laws of love, embodying love, being love, every minute of every day is what's going to get me through. And my job here is, in essence, just to develop my consciousness, to develop my intuition, to spot and act upon the coincidences that kind of come come across my eyes and my heart every single day. And I can only do that from a position of love because if I'm hating on myself, then I'm not going to, uh, my eyes just, I'm not going to be open. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be moving through my days in a really low state of vibration. Mm-hmm. So some of this stuff gets a bit woo-woo, but I firmly believe that the results are rooted in the woo-woo. <laughs> they really are. Um, it's about, first and foremost, falling in love with myself. It's about falling in love with who I am, what I stand for, what I stand against. So if we're, if we're trying to guide other people, then it's about doing exactly that. Fall in love with who you are, fall in love with what you stand for, what you stand against. And if you don't know what you stand for and what you stand against, fall in love with not knowing, and that's fine because that's a journey of discovery. Fall in love with your journey, the good bits and the bad bits, the light bits and the dark bits. Fall in love with everything you have been, everything you are right now and everything you ever will be because that's all you have. So once you fall in love with that, you really start to love the experience of life. And and there's this concept of white light. White light is made up of all the different colors of the rainbow. So my dad, my dad used to work at a a printing, a a company that produced, I don't know, commercial printers. Um, And he used to bring these prisms home, which they'd used in the machines. And I love the prisms. You shine sunshine through them and, you know, the the light comes out the other end like a rainbow. And I didn't really know what that meant. I started just thinking about this concept while I was in Australia. We spent three months in Australia, January, February and March this year. And I was thinking about this concept of light and dark, yin and yang. And I was thinking about white light. And if you want to shine a bright white light then what we have to do is to embrace all the colours of the rainbow. Now, we might not like all the colours of the rainbow, i.e. the different experiences in life, mm-hmm. but we just have to love them all and experience them for the learning that they give us, love them for the learning that they give us. And you can only do that, again, from a place that says, I love everything about me right now. There's nothing I do not like about me because that's me and that's all I have. And I might think I need to get down to the gym a little bit more. I might think I need to swim a bit faster. I might think I need to work a bit harder or work a bit less or spend more time with my family or less time with my family or pay my partner more attention or pay my partner less attention. There's all these things I I think I might need to do. But that shouldn't stop me loving who I am because that's all I have. Totally, mate, yeah. I think it's that philosophy, isn't it? It's being your best. It, I guess it all sits down with our, our beliefs, which, um, you know, are literally that, but not necessarily true. It's just us going into the state of mind of them being so. But it's that, that viable philosophy of being as best as the best, but no better than the rest. Um, Absolutely. And- Absolutely. We have a, um, a, a phrase at our school, which is true prosperity is not about being better than anybody else. It is about being better than you used to be. So if you can 
focus just on being a little bit better than you were yesterday and probably not quite as good as you're going to be tomorrow, then you make progress. And all that's needed to be happy in life is this sense that you're making progress, you're moving forward. And if you have that and if you feel that, then you never really look back and think you wasted time because you, you have this sense that you're making progress. True prosperity is not about being better than anybody else. It is about being better than you used to be. So quite often, you might compare yourself to somebody else on the outside. But it's not about comparing yourself to somebody on the outside. It's about saying, where am I right now? And, or, or who am I right now? And who could I be on steroids? So what is the better version of me? What does that look like? And how do I get there? And that way you become totally consumed in your own journey of development and expansion. And then it stops being about the outside world. And it just is about you and your journey. I'm here today. I want to get to there tomorrow. And I'm going to try my hardest to get there. I'm going to work my hardest to get there. I'm going to be and do everything I need to be to get there. But actually, I'm not really that bothered about getting there at all. I just want to embrace the experience of moving towards there. And it's this balance between setting goals and detaching from the outcome. It's this, the, the balance between the be and the do is very, very important in this. Totally. Um, and, and that really does, that rests upon your ability to stop comparing yourself to other people to stop criticizing your performance in the context of what you think you should have done or what other people think you should have done um and, and to stop kind of complaining about the world around you they're the three deadly c's you know criticism comparison and complaint and if you can get rid of those from your life that's a great start to falling in love with yourself or falling back in love with yourself well i i just love like the the shared philosophies and, and the way you word things because for me and, and talking to you know the, the thousands of people that I do um, and, and the, the many that I coach, it's about, as you said, removing the, the, the need for an outcome. It's about enjoying the process because you know one of the things I've learned over my years of personal development you know, from yourself and many other people, it, it is about enjoying the journey. It's about loving what you do, doing it with passion, doing it to your very best ability. And as you've said, you know, that may not be as great as you may be tomorrow but doing it with the best tools that you've got today. And, and at the end of each day, regardless of the outcome, you know, if people can remove that need for results, that, um, that need for compensation, if, if they can give the value, give the passion, give the activity and, and enjoy doing so. You know, and I love what you're talking here about how you know, to impact people's lives because I think if as a world, as a nation, as a, as a, uh, a community of people... If people could learn and live by that one philosophy of making a positive impact on people's lives, you know, doing something, you know, that, I guess, that, that value of contribution, that, that, that need that we have to, to make a difference. And I think everybody has that. They probably just don't realise or they've not had somebody believe them or their social conditioning or their environment hasn't enabled them to believe in themselves. And this is, this is why we do what we do. Because if we can connect with people that have never had this environment, you know, I think, you know, in a way, both yourself and me were, were lucky to have the parents that we had. You know, strong parents, believe in us, maybe the trials and tribulations that, that they may have had in the early years. 
but having that strong environment around us, you know, some people don't have that, Dylan. And I guess this is why we do what we do to to impact people. And your vision of the ripple effect has just blown me away today because I've always believed in that. But your your vision of a hundred years ripple effect, and sometimes I think actually a a gesture of goodwill has a, a ripple effect. You know, even going out of the way just to hold the door open for somebody is is at the base of. I guess having the right attitude to make a difference to people and if more people started to even start small and over time they grew their contribution the ripple effect just by making somebody smile is going to have an impact on them making somebody else smile that day and I just love I guess sometimes people don't realize how big an impact we could have with actually a relatively small contribution it's insane I love it I, I, I absolutely agree and so I guess that that has to then come from a place where you feel that you are that enough to contribute to the lives of other people. And, and, and you're quite right that this desire to contribute, this desire to collaborate rather than to compete is within everybody. It is what the, the, the human civilization is, is really founded upon uh, and, and, and was built by. So if you look at some of the ancient civilizations 15,000 years ago in Gebeki, Turkey, um, when they unearthed these, uh, these ruins, these, these ancient, more than ancient ruins, um, they, they found no evidence of walls, they found no evidence of mass graves, and they found no evidence of weaponry, which says to me that that was a place without war and scarcity. It says that that was a place that they didn't need to, to be protected by weaponry. It was a place, wasn't any mass killing. So what, it, what was it then? It was a place of collaboration. It was a place of community. It was a place of caring. It was a place of giving and growing together. Uh, and it's only really when you look at what we consider ancient history to be. So at school, we considered ancient history to be 5,000 years ago, and it was the ancient Egyptians. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the, there is um, many, many stories of, of, of war and, and infighting and killing and, 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 and taking on leadership and so on and so forth in, in the Egyptian stories. But actually look further than that, and the, the human civilization was all about collaboration. And I think that there has been a tendency towards competition which has permeated the mindset of a lot of people and the psyche of a lot of individuals and organisations and communities and countries that is not conducive to our long-term success and our long-term kind of uh, 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 survival even. And we have an opportunity as individuals building organizations today and creating families today and sharing messages with hundreds of thousands of people every year, we have a, 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 an opportunity to shift or to play a part in the shift of human consciousness from the I and the competitive to the we and the collaborative. And if we're able to do that, just for one person by holding the door open and they're having a bad day, but you held the door open for them and all of a sudden you restore 
that individual's faith in humanity just for that split second. Um, or we're able to do that on a much larger scale by you know, taking people through structured programs of development, um, as, as you're doing through this, this podcast. Then I think we really start to have the, the, the level of the ripple effect that, um, that, that I believe we, we, we can have, and I believe everybody can have. Everybody is the, 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 the pebble in the water of their own pond. But that has to come from a place where you feel valid enough to make a difference to the lives of other people. And in order to get to that place, we come right back to falling in love with who you are, what you stand for, what you stand against, even if that's nothing, and embracing every part of your life experience as the, 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 the blueprint of, of your life journey. Um, so how do you do that practically? How do you get from a place where you might be rock bottom and you're trying to create this new life for yourself? And remember, the life comes before the enterprise, which comes before the wealth. So you've got to get life fine-tuned. How do you do that? Well, a great place to start is just to take the eight pathways. So we call these the personal powers. So the first personal power is your mental power. That's how you harness your brain magic. The second personal power is your physical power. So that's how you sculpt your energy center. Your third personal power is your spiritual power. That's how you decode your worldview. Your fourth personal power is your emotional power. So that's how you live the laws of love. Remember, those four are your inward looking powers. Your the, the remaining four, your vocational power. So that's how you deliver your ultimate zama, your ultimate purpose in life. Your, uh, your, your uh, fifth, where are we on? We're on sixth, aren't we? Your yeah. sixth personal power is your financial power. So how you leverage money mechanics. Your seventh is your social power, how you create, create inspiring networks. And your eighth is your charitable power, how you sow seeds of prosperity. So if you take those eight, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, vocational, financial, social, charitable, and you just spend five minutes a day on each of those, just five minutes, nothing more, nothing less, set yourself the goal of spending five minutes developing each of those personal powers. So what might that look like? And your mental power, that might be, listening to just five minutes of one of your podcasts in your physical power. That might be just five minutes of jogging on the spot, bouncing on a trampoline, running around the garden, doing a few stretches, whatever that is. In your spiritual power, that might be just a five-minute meditation, just sitting in silence for five minutes. In your emotional power, living the laws of love, that might be five minutes spent writing a love letter to that special person in your life. And if you have no special person in your life, uh, write a love letter to yourself in your vocational pathway. Five minutes spent on understanding what your skills are. And we do a, we do a whole program on identifying what your purpose is, what your absolute skills are, how you serve the world. But just five minutes, just five minutes on considering what your skills are. In your financial pathway, five minutes on just 
maybe even a daily balance sheet. That's a great place to start. What did you spend today? What did you bring in today? So some money tracking in your financial pathway, five minutes in your social pathway, maybe joining uh, um, you know, a, a group on Facebook that you know, is, is, is full of kindred spirits. And if you're already part of a group, maybe five minutes of your day on supporting members in that group. So we have a private members community and I encourage everybody in that community to support and be supported. So maybe five minutes a day on supporting people within your group, within your circle. So in, in your space, Craig, you know, supporting other people uh, in the network marketing space. And in your charitable pathway, if you can do nothing else, if you can do nothing else, if you can't buy somebody a sandwich or a coffee, then five minutes sat talking to that guy outside the tube station, that guy outside Starbucks, that guy sheltering in the rain because it's chucking it down. Five minutes. And if you do that every day, that's 40 minutes of your time spent developing your eight personal powers. And it starts from there. And it's so small that it feels insignificant. But what's easy to do is also easy not to do. And so it has to be a conscious effort, a conscious drive, five minutes a day, spent on each of your five pathways. It's 40 minutes. It's less than an hour. You can have it done before your family's even awake. You know, it's that kind of task. Um, And it starts from there. And you get addicted then because then it turns into six minutes of a podcast. Then it turns into six minutes of bouncing on a trampoline, six minutes of meditation, six minutes on a love letter, six minutes considering what your skills are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make sense? Does that help to get a little more practical? I, I, I think so. And I think, you know, for people to, to you know, associate with that and, and literally look at the eight powers, both inward and outward, that you, you're discussing, I think that makes perfect sense to people. And everybody can make the choice to give some time to themselves. And I think we've discussed in the past, I mean, one of the biggest things is people spend too much time, like you said, trying to please other people rather than actually giving themselves some quality time to develop from the inside and then out obviously on the outside and practically practically I think that's fabulous you know I think people can you know go away and start to work on these these eight powers that they possess and develop them to become better tomorrow than they was today absolutely hey look Dylan if if you want um if there's any material that you want to add to your show notes or I don't know how you work the, the podcast. I don't know whether you have show notes or not, but you know we can definitely put some material up there, even if it's just a list of the eight powers. Whatever, you, you let me know. Yeah, um, we'll get something we up. I mean, the, the shows obviously go out through iTunes and you know Stitcher and, and SoundCloud, so that's great. We do have the website passiontosucceed.com where people can access the show notes. So that's certainly something we can do, Dylan. You, you mentioned obviously the first of, of, of August. Um, obviously, you, you've got this launch of. The, the Prosper School, which I know you're really excited and, and passionate about this contribution. Um, I mean, how can people connect with that? Um, you know, obviously they're listening through iTunes. What, 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 what is the, the simplest and quickest way for people to connect with what's going on with you? Oh, if I can do a shameless plug, that's fabulous, Craig. Thank you. Yeah, so we're launching on the 1st of August. It is www.prosper.school, S-C-H. O-O-L. So that's www.prosper.school. It is the Prosper School of Limitless Living. And yeah, I'm super excited about this massive launch that we're doing. Um, we've got a brilliant team behind it and great content being pumped out. 
um, a great opportunity for people to engineer limitless life, limitless enterprise and limitless wealth and do it from a place where you are right now. So it doesn't matter where you are, but you've got an entry point to the different areas of the school. So we work with you know people that have already got six, seven and nearly one person, nearly an eight figure business. But we also work with people who are right at the beginning of their journey. So people who are even struggling to breathe, even struggling to kind of stay afloat. Um, we've, we've got entry points at that level as well. So yeah, www.prosper.school. Oh mate, that's fantastic. You know, I'm stoked uh, myself, buzzing to, to obviously get connected with that on the 1st of August and um, really appreciative for your time today. I know you're a busy guy and uh, I'm sure the listeners on, on Passion to Succeed have enjoyed listening to you again, my friend. And uh, I bid you a, a fantastic day. Thanks again uh, for joining us. And um, guys, I really do hope you've enjoyed uh, today's show as much as I have. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Dylan, you're a star, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Craig. Take care. Buddy. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe, and join the community of passionate people.